Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I don't know how much you remember about your high school graduation. But I remember very little about mine except it was very hot and we were seated in folding chairs on the floor of the unair conditioned gym at Smithfield High School. I remember nothing of what the keynote speaker said and I don't even know who he or she was, although I am sure I was listening at the time. I didn't attend my college graduation and my older son Ray has reminded me on more than one occasion that when his college graduation was coming up, my comment to him was, you don't want to go to your college graduation, do you? And in fact, he didn't go, which he has never let me forget. And here we are today in the midst of graduation season, many from high school and some from college, but all are embarking on a new path in life. Some will be going to college, some will be starting to work full-time, and some will be entering military service, maybe planning for the government to help them with their college expenses somewhere down the line. If you tried, you probably couldn't get your recent graduate to sit down and listen to the wisdom I'm about to share with you this morning. I have gleaned this wisdom from various people and, of course, from my favorite book of wisdom, Proverbs. Although interspersed throughout the Bible is a lot of wisdom recorded over thousands of years. It is amazing how relevant the instructions are for today, even though they were written in a time long, long ago. I first want to read you a devotional from a 2008 Turning Point piece by Dr. David Jeremiah entitled, The Best Advice. Dr. Charles Watson, professor of management at Miami University, has written and lectured on management and leadership issues for many years, and he has consulted with America's foremost companies. One of his basic maxims is, smart people gain sterling reputations by doing what's honorable and by always doing what is right. Once when Dr. Watson asked Dick Herbert, the chairman and CEO of DuPont, to speak in his classes, a student asked, What advice would you have for those of us about to enter business? Hecker replied, My advice is fairly simple. Do what you say you're going to do. Keep your promises, especially when it's inconvenient for you. Go out of your way to act responsibly. If you do that, if you make good on every obligation, others will see it. They will come to realize you are dependable. People will know you can be trusted to keep your word. Funny how the best advice always has its roots in the old book, and they are talking about the Bible. And the Bible verse that was quoted that day at the beginning of that devotional was Proverbs 28.6. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. In the dictionary, the word integrity is defined as the state of being complete, and a synonym for integrity is honesty. I've heard it said that integrity is doing the right thing, even if no one is watching you. I hope these new graduates, and all of us, will be women and men of integrity. I also hope these new graduates will be willing to take advice. In Proverbs 19.20, we read, Get all the advice you can, and be wise the rest of your life. Henry Blackaby, who wrote Experience in God, says that you should be willing to take advice from those you admire. He states that, quote, Only a fool would reject wise advice from those who love him and resolve to do things his own way, regardless of the consequences for himself and others. 
But probably all of us know of situations where people rejected good advice and did what they wanted to do, which may have not been the wisest course of action. I once heard a minister say that he would no longer marry couples if both sets of parents were not in favor of the couple getting married. He said that early in his ministry, when a parent was opposed to the marriage, 100% of those marriages failed. I know of mothers who tried to talk their daughters out of marrying someone, and those marriages did fail. I also know a girl who got married after just a few weeks of dating someone, and she ended up having to move across the country with her young child to escape an abusive situation. So graduates, wise up. Don't get married in a hurry to someone you barely even know. And from all I've heard from marriage gurus, you need to date someone a year and a half to two years before you do get married. And if your parents don't like the one you have chosen to marry, maybe you better take a step back and try to understand why before you move towards marriage. Always remember that your parents love you and only want the best for you. So listen to them and strongly consider their advice. Proverbs 13.20 says, Be with wise men and become wise. Be with evil men and become evil. In verse 18 it says, He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. The way discipline is used here means constructive criticism. I want to read to you what Henry Blackaby says about constructive criticism. God has placed people in your life who are wiser than you are, people who care about you. If you reject the wise counsel of these people because you feel your self-worth is in jeopardy, you'll never mature as God desires. But if you're smart, you'll not only listen to good advice, you'll seek out constructive criticism from people you respect. Spending a few minutes listening to wise counsel could save you years of future grief. The choice is yours. You can try to figure things out on your own, or you can trust that God knows what's best for you. End of quote. In Proverbs 23:12, it says, Don't refuse to accept criticism. Get all the help you can. I would like to read you the notes from this verse. The world is full of people who think they know everything. They don't want to be instructed, and they think it shows weakness to learn from others. They are wrong. Listening to others is a sign of wisdom, not weakness. Refusing to learn from others can be a great mistake. It can cause a person who could have been successful to fall flat on his face. End of quote. Another quote you may have heard is, Learn from the mistakes of others. You cannot live long enough to make them all yourself. Proverbs 19.25b says, Reprove a wise man and he will be the wiser. I would like to interject a comment here. I think a lot of young adults between the ages of 17 and 25 think they know everything. And sometimes it is hard to talk good sense into them because they think they know better than you do and they won't listen. But thankfully, in many cases, after several years of experiencing consequences or seeing others experience the consequences of not heeding good advice, they wise up and realize that older, more experienced and mature adults really do know more than they do. Remember to get all the advice you can and be wise the rest of your life. Another area people need a lot of wisdom in is their choice of friends. In Proverbs 13.20, we read, Be with wise men and become wise. Be with evil men and become evil. I want to read you part of what Henry Blackaby wrote about choosing your friends. Quote, You are shaped by the company you keep. If you spend time with wise people, you'll grow in wisdom. If you stick around fools, their foolishness will rub off on you. 
Choosing your friends shouldn't be a haphazard venture, for they have a tremendous influence on your life. If you spend a lot of time with a gossip, it will be hard to resist not falling into the same habit. If your friend has a critical spirit, you may find yourself growing judgmental as well. This is not to say you need to eliminate all imperfect people from your social circle. You would end up friendless. In fact, you wouldn't make the cut yourself. It does mean that you should choose friends who are striving to honor God with their lives. If your friend has no concern for Christian values, it will be an uphill battle to stay in the friendship and maintain your own integrity. There are really two decisions to make here, the kind of friend you'll choose and the kind of friend you'll be. Actively seek out friends who will affect your character in positive ways. These people will challenge you to grow as a Christian, and you will enjoy being around them. At the same time, be sure you're a good influence on your friends. They should be better people because they know you. End of quote. Choose your friends wisely. Where, you might ask, do you find this wisdom you should be seeking? In Proverbs 1, 7 through 9, it says, How does a man become wise? The first step is to trust and reverence the Lord. Only fools refuse to be taught. Listen to your father and mother. What you learn from them will stand you in good stead. It will gain you many honors. In my Life Application Bible, the notes on these three verses state, Quote, In this age of information, knowledge is plentiful, but wisdom is scarce. Wisdom means far more than simply knowing a lot. It is a basic attitude that affects every aspect of life. The first step to wisdom is to trust and respect God. Faith in God should be the foundation for your understanding of the world, your attitudes, and your actions. Trust in God, and He will make you truly wise. God is the source of wisdom, and the path to God and that wisdom is obedience. In chapters 1 and 2 of Proverbs, we read that it is God who grants wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. He shows how to distinguish right from wrong, how to find the right decision every time. For wisdom and truth will enter the very center of your being. If you do not choose to reverence and trust the Lord and you spurn His wisdom, then you must eat the bitter fruit of having your own way and experience the full terrors of the pathway you have chosen. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, we read, It's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it, but realize that you must account to God for everything you do. Remember that youth, with a whole life before it, can make serious mistakes. End of quote. The notes on these verses say that many of your choices will be irreversible. They will stay with you for a lifetime. What you do when you're young does matter. Enjoy life now, but don't do anything physically, morally, or spiritually that will prevent you from enjoying life when you are old. We must put God first over all we do and in all we do, because without Him, we have nothing. Knowing that life is futile without God motivates the wise person to find God. In Proverbs 22.1, we read, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. A good name comes from the pursuit and practice of wisdom. You will earn a good reputation by pursuing wisdom. Henry Blackaby says wisdom includes building God's standards into your life so you honor Him in everything you do. So don't ignore wisdom. That is being a fool. The direction your life takes will be a result of the choices you make. Choose to go after wisdom. Pursue it and hold on to it. 
It will enrich your life. Build your life on the truth of God, and then you will succeed. Will you face disappointments in life? Absolutely you will. Your parents, your siblings, your friends, and others you work with will probably all disappoint you at some point. And you might also be disappointed that you were not chosen for a job or that you were overlooked for a promotion you felt you deserved. Now this is where your attitude comes in. And while there are many times circumstances arise over which you have no control, you and you alone do control your attitude and how you respond to unexpected and sometimes hurtful or disappointing situations can show what you are made of. Wisdom involves learning to love others the way Jesus did, no matter how they treat you. Try to maintain a positive attitude. I agree with Dr. Blackaby when he says, quote, There is only one person who will never fail you when you place your hope in him. That's God. Your only guarantee against disappointment is to put your hope in God. Several years ago, there was a lengthy obituary about Ralph Kettner, one of the founders of Food Town that later became Food Lion. And I want to read you this part from his obituary. In the foreword to his book, Five Fast Pennies, Mr. Kettner wrote, Throughout my life, I faced an uncommon number of obstacles, orphan, child of the Depression, no money. But I was blessed with an attitude, a point of view. I saw problems as opportunities in disguise. I saw a lemon and made lemonade. I started thinking before starting to work. I have never had ambitious goals for myself, but have always done my very best on every job. And that was the end of his quote. And then the comment by the whoever was writing this obituary said, To this a grateful family and community say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then I want to read you an article, and the name of it is Attitude is Everything, and this is a true story. And it was written by Francie Baltzar Schwartz. She was writing about her friend. Jerry is the kind of guy you love to hate. He's always in a good mood and always has something positive to say. When someone asks him how he's doing, he replies, If I were any better, I would be twins. Jerry manages restaurants. He's a natural motivator. He even has several waiters who follow him around from restaurant to restaurant because of his attitude. If an employee is having a bad day, Jerry tells the employee how to look on the positive side of the situation. Seeing this style really made me curious. So one day I went up to Jerry and said, I don't get it. You can't be a positive person all the time. How do you do it? Jerry replied, Each morning I wake up and say to myself, Jerry, you have two choices today. You can choose to be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. I choose to be in a good mood. Each time something bad happens, I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to learn from it. I choose to learn from it. Every time someone comes to me complaining, I can choose to accept their complaining or I can point out the positive side of life. I choose the positive side of life. Yeah, right, I protested. It's not that easy. Yes, it is, Jerry said. Life is all about choices. When you cut away all the junk, every situation is a choice. You choose how you react to situations. You choose how people will affect your mood. You choose to be in a good mood or bad mood. The bottom line is, it's your choice how you live life. I reflected on what Jerry said. Soon thereafter, I left the restaurant industry to start my own business. We lost touch, but I often thought about him when I made a choice about life instead of reacting to it. Several years later, I heard that Jerry did something you are never supposed to do in the restaurant business. He left the back door open one morning and was held up at gunpoint by three armed robbers. Something went wrong, and the robbers panicked and shot him. 
Luckily, Jerry was found relatively quickly and rushed to the local trauma center. After 18 hours of surgery and weeks of intensive care, Jerry was released from the hospital with fragments of the bullets still in his body. I saw Jerry about six months after the accident. When I asked him how he was, he replied, If I were any better, I'd be twins. Want to see my scars? I declined to see his wounds, but did ask him what was going through his mind during the robbery. The first thing was that I should have locked the back door, Jerry replied. Then, as I lay on the floor, I remembered that I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. I chose to live. Weren't you scared? I asked. The paramedics were great, Jerry continued. They kept telling me I was going to be fine. But when they wheeled me into the emergency room and I saw the expressions on the faces of the doctors and nurses, I got really scared. In their eyes, I read, he's a dead man. I knew I needed to take action. What did you do? I asked. Well, there was a big burly nurse shouting questions at me. She asked if I was allergic to anything. Yes, I replied. The doctors and nurses stopped working as they waited for my reply. I took a deep breath and yelled, bullets. Over their laughter, I told them, I am choosing to live. Operate on me as if I am alive, not dead. Jerry lived thanks to the skill of his doctors, but also because of his amazing attitude. I learned from him that every day we have the choice to live fully. Attitude, after all, is everything. When I first heard Joyce Meyer on the radio, I turned my radio off. But I have learned to listen and appreciate what she says because I have found that it is based on biblical truth. She is a woman who trusts God and values the wisdom she has found in His Word. In her devotional book, Trusting God Day by Day, she lists four principles for successful daily living. These principles are based on Peter's first letter, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. And here they are, quote, If you want a happy, good life, keep control of your tongue and guard your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Try to live in peace, even if you must run after it to catch and hold it. So now I'm going to read this from her February 16th reading, Trusting God Day by Day. Principle number one, keep your tongue free from evil. God's word states clearly the power of life and death is in the mouth. We can bring blessing or misery into our lives with our words. When we speak rashly, we often get into arguments. So choose your words carefully. Principle number two, turn away from wickedness. We must take action to remove ourselves from wickedness or from a wicked environment. The action we must take could mean altering our friendships. It could even mean loneliness for a period of time. But you can always trust God to be with you. Principle number three, do right. The decision to do right must follow the decision to stop doing wrong. Both are definite choices. Repentance is twofold. It requires turning away from sin and turning to righteousness. Principle number four, search for peace. Notice that we must search for it, pursue it, and go after it. We cannot merely desire peace without any accompanying action, but we must desire peace with action. We need to search for peace in our relationship with God and with others. And Joyce goes on to say, When I started living by these principles, not only did my relationships improve, but so did my health, my attitude, and all areas of my life. The same will be true for you. Always follow peace and make decisions based on godly wisdom. Trust God to open doors for you that are right and to close ones that are wrong.
Another thing to consider is that no matter how beautiful or talented or intelligent you are, you should not praise yourself. Let others do it. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you are so great and as though you have accomplished something on your own? It was Hall of Fame basketball coach John Wooden who said, Talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. Conceit is self-given. Be careful. Be good and remember that any goodness you have is because of God. So let your goodness, talents, and abilities bring Him glory. Max Locato says, There are certain things you can do that no one else can. There are things that only you can do, and you are alive to do them. In the great orchestra we call life, you have an instrument and a song, and you owe it to God to play them both sublimely. Be thankful for your blessings, and remember to praise God from whom all blessings flow. End of quote. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says in Matthew 6:33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And what is included in all? Yes, all these things. Do you believe the words of Jesus? Then seek God's wisdom and his righteousness always. I wish I could have a one-on-one conversation with every young person who is about to embark on a new journey in life. And if I did, here is what I'd like to say to you. You will, no doubt, have more freedom than ever before. But with that freedom will come responsibility. It is a privilege to have freedom. Don't squander your opportunities in life with poor decisions and poor choices because they sometimes come with severe consequences that may affect that freedom. Please don't drink and drive. That is being a fool. Don't smoke. It is the leading cause of many fatal illnesses. Don't ever give the devil a ride. If you do, he'll take over and want to drive. Set a good example for your friends and for younger siblings and relatives. Make your parents proud of you. Always do your best. Please ask for advice if you have a big decision to make. Take advice from people who care the most about you. When in doubt, don't. Life can be wonderful and exciting. It can also be drudgery and painful and even full of sorrow at times. Remember, there is no right way to do the wrong thing. Treat everyone with politeness, even those who are rude to you, not because they are nice, but because you are. Memorize the golden rule and apply it daily. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I would encourage you to read a chapter in the Bible every day you possibly can and to pray daily. I would encourage you to find a church home wherever you end up and go to church as often as you can. Thank God for your blessings and seek his wisdom for problems that will come up. Thank God for your blessings and seek his wisdom for those problems. You will develop a closer relationship with him, and that is a very good thing. I know this from my own life. It was Beth Moore who said, Always take the high road. The low road is beneath you. Do you want to become wise? Read a chapter in Proverbs every day, and it will help you. If you achieve fame and fortune in your life, good for you. But don't forget to give your creator credit. What would you have without him? I could go on and on, just reading verses I have underlined in the books of Psalms and Proverbs, and two of my very favorites are from Psalms 37, verses 4 and 5. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him to help you do it, and He will. Do you believe this? Why not give it a try? 
In closing, I'd like you to hear some of the words from an old hymn, Give of Your Best to the Master. Give of your best to the Master. Give him the strength of your youth. Jesus has set the example. Dauntless was he, young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best that you have. And from Romans 15:4, the scriptures were written to teach and encourage us by giving us hope. Hope thou in God. Thank you for listening.
listening to Hope for Today, brought to you each Sunday morning by Carroll Pharmacy. We hope the message today has helped and encouraged you. If we can ever help you with your prescriptions, over-the-counter medications, or vaccines, we hope you will come in to our family-owned and operated independent pharmacy, where outstanding customer service is our goal. 